The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began listening to a message by Elder Craig Blair about image and likeness. We hear a lot about image and likeness today in the sports world, but what about in the spiritual realm? Image and likeness is extremely important. What I mean by that, and what Brother Craig will explain to us, is that we ought to show forth the image and likeness of our elder brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us today as we conclude this message, and Brother Craig gives us some tips on how we should be more and more in the image of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Is there a spirit? 
understand, brothers and sisters, that God's word has a lot of things that are expressed as the will of God. You know, you don't need to get up on Sunday morning and pray to the Lord, Lord, is it your will that I be in the assembly today? Okay. Because he's expressed that already. But I tell you, David said, teach me thy will, O Lord, is that the leadership of the spirit, that we would, we would be submissive to God and his will and seek that out as his son did. And be obedient to that will, even unto death. You know, you start talking about portraying an image that's pleasing unto God and edifying to you and of great benefit to the flock and the disciples of Christ. We want to have an image that reflects his faithfulness. Endured all manner of things, never wavering. You know, brothers and sisters, I don't know exactly what the Son of Man, what Christ as, as man felt in that Garden of Gethsemane. But I tell you one thing, he was not bargaining with God to be relieved of the cross. Right. The weight that he bore was a weight beyond anything we can imagine. But even in that hour, even he knew that the time was coming, that the old devil was going to have a little time with him, he remained faithful. Do we see him and do we... We seek that our lives will portray his love, the love that is told in the whole what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. This love, brothers and sisters, that, that, that Paul prays that we might be able to explore the height and the depth and the breadth of his love. That, that our lives, brothers and sisters, that that love might show forth in charity, in the actions that we do. That, that someone might see in our lives this image the, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that in, then our actions are motivated by love for him and love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. They see that in us. They see that love translated in action. Or is it a love that just wishes people well? Is love says, well, I wish you had a coat or I wish you had something to eat. Or is it love that motivates us to provide? to be concerned and to be caring? Do they see in us, brothers and sisters, the spirit of forgiveness? You know, you're not given the option to forgive. You're given the instruction to forgive. And you want to know the bar that that is set? We are taught to pray. You know, there's some things that are easy to pray for. There's some things that are harder to pray for. We're instructed to pray that, Lord, you'll forgive me in the same manner that I forgive others. That you forgive my trespasses, my sins, my offenses, my wrongdoings in the same manner as I forgive others. Do they see in us the spirit of forgiveness? Do they see in us, brothers and sisters, as our image portray the one that seeks out the high places or as our Lord and Savior did? Is it seeking out those places of service? Do we want to be on that top table or do we want to be down there with the sinners? Hey, brothers and sisters, you know, our Lord and Savior knew those that needed help. And we are instructed and given the great example that this one that thought it not be robbery to be equal with God but took on himself the form of what? Of a servant. That he left the perfect world of heaven out of love to come down here and to suffer and bleed and die for our sins. 
And while he was here, brothers and sisters, his life was a, was a life of service. We're instructed to bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, that's an interesting scripture in Galatians 6. You know, there's a couple things there. First, it tells you to bear you one another's burdens, and that's the life of service. You know, the one thing, brothers and sisters, if you don't love your, your fellow members in the church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, are you going to know them well enough to know what their burdens are? Right. You know, I, I don't know what size of which is too big for a church, Brother Chris. We don't typically have that problem in the old Baptist. But I, I do find it difficult if I'm going to have to go somewhere where I've got to wear a name tag for people to know who I am. Having conversations with some of I know God's children in other orders and denominations and talk about people coming and spending the night with us or traveling and spending the night with people. It's just like the pastor, you know, he's actually in your home and you're in the pastor's home and it wasn't a crisis. And, you know, the knowledge that we have in God's church that we know what each other's burdens are. You know, that, that requires some care and some love. You know, you could be next door to somebody for 20 years, and if you have no care for that person, you might not have a clue. We've lived in subdivisions in Birmingham, and it was difficult that the person next door was not a real neighbor. <laughs> Bear you one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, they asked Jesus one time about of, of all the commandments, what's the greatest one? And Jesus responded and said, well, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second is likened unto the first, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the, that's the active love of, of bearing one another's burdens. And, and see, that action is the way that you demonstrate, you portray. You have a, you know, the, the appearance that people see is here's one who loves and is willing to act. You want to fulfill that first commandment, you do the second. If you love your neighbor, if Christian charity and love in action, what's the greatest example of charity, brothers and sisters? Jesus didn't just agree that he would sit in heaven and wish us well. He said, I'll come down there and I'll take the flesh of a man and I'll live among them and I'll do all the things that I've done and I'll suffer all manner of uh, all manner of offense from them, and I'll suffer the wrath of God on their behalf. He'll do. You talk about love in action, brothers and sisters. There's no greater example of it. Amen. So should we follow after that, that our love be manifest and be demonstrated, be something that those, those around about us could see those things. All these things that we see, search the scriptures. They testify of him. You'll know how to pattern our lives as disciples. We've been given the pattern in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, as parents, you learn pretty quickly, do you not? About the image that you portray. Because you've got some little mirrors walking around. And you may not think they pick up on much, but that they pay much attention. Tell Brother John Morgan, get ready. Right. You're going you're to have that, that mirror's going to reflect some things, and you know what they're going to reflect? What they've seen in you. Right. As children of God, 
We've been given the power by the Holy Spirit. See, we who have had by nature the, the nature of Adam, and all we could portray would be that image of that within us. And nothing good in that. But when God sends forth his spirit in your heart, he does what? He creates a new creature. There's something new inside you, and within that is the power to demonstrate what God has placed within you in our actions. I actually remember seeing pictures of me as a young child, and I would say, you know, you'd like to dress up. you dress like your dad. You wanted to look like him. You know, brothers and sisters, I hope that we have the right garments, that we put on Christ, that we put on those things that we wear that are evident. And, you know, I hope that as we gather in assembly like this and as we walk that we're, we're conscious to put on those garments of praise, those wedding garments. You know, it's important because we, we gather, together, gather together to celebrate the great wedding between our bridegroom Jesus and his bride, the church. So we're, we come together to, to wear those garments that we that display to others our, our conviction and our trust in his finished work and that our unmerited favor that comes from God, the grace to displayed to you and I, those are the things that we should, should, say, should, we should wear forth, that people should see those things in our lives and that, that the image that we might show would be one that's wearing those garments that praise God for his grace and for his mercy. We ought to walk in his paths. You know, the Lord's never asked us to go anywhere that he didn't go, except one place. He doesn't ask you to go to Calvary, right? Not to the cross. But brothers and sisters, that we, seeing the path that Jesus trod, that's the path that we should desire to follow after in our lives as disciples. And I can tell you, brothers and sisters, that's a wonderful journey. You know, that we, you know, isn't it a wonderful thing when a child begins to walk? You know, as parents, most of you can remember the time your children took, the, took their first step. And that was a, a great time to, to celebrate that. And the child of God, born again the Spirit, begins their walk as disciples following after the footsteps of Jesus. We've got a song about that. You know, brothers and sisters, there's so many things that we witness as children of God in our journey as disciples. There's things that we need to see so that we can understand. To be able to, to put forth that image and that conviction of what God has done for you and I. You know, when they, when they were delivered out of Egypt, you know, they told that night, you get ready to travel. There's a journey fixing to start. You be ready to go. In the entirety of the nation of Israel delivered across the Red Sea, delivered, delivered from, the, the, from Pharaoh's armies. And they were set on that time, brothers and sisters, there was a journey that they were on. They were on a journey to Canaan's land, to Jerusalem. But along the way, a child of God, they saw some things that are very important. You know, when they were gathered at the foot of Mount Sinai, those people, the nation of Israel. As Moses was there, God giving him the law and those commandments, he came down, what did he see? What image did he see there? Dancing and worshiping Baal. You know, Moses is gone. No, we don't know what's happened to him. You know, brothers and sisters, they saw something because of Moses, he threw down those tablets and they were broken. And in that we see, brothers and sisters, in our walk that we are lawbreakers. 
Well, we have broken God's law. We are convicted by that. We, we stand guilty and sentenced. But in a wonderful thing, see that Moses went back up and he came back down the second time. And what we saw then was those commandments made again, intact, and showing you and I that there's one that kept those commandments where we could not, who satisfied God's law when we could not. Amen. You know, that's the thing that is kept in remembrance of that Ark of the Covenant was the, those, that Ten Commandments the second time when, when Moses came back down. So many things that we see that our walk might follow after Jesus. You know, there's a time back there that we get bracelets. It's a pretty... Uh, Pretty common thing to have the initials WWDJ. What would Jesus do? Well, I like the ones that where would Jesus walk? You know, I want to find those places. That's where I want to be. It's where Jesus would have been. On the Sabbath, he was in the assembly. He was at the synagogue. When he was at dinner with folks, he was preaching to them, sharing the good news of his gospel. Our speech, our conversation, you know, should sound like his. You know, sometimes that might raise opposition. There was a time when Peter, when he was denying the Lord, and one of the accusations against him was, you know, you must be part of his band, Peter, because you sound like him. You sound like one of those Galileans. You know, brothers and sisters, in that sense, I hope that when someone sees our speech, it's the kind of thing that says, you know, that sounds like a follower of Christ. That sounds like one of his disciples. The things they talk about. The things that they're interested in. The things that they want to share. You know, brothers and sisters, the gospel, we're not called by God to be a secret disciple. Right. Amen. You know? The Bible teaches us against secret societies. It teaches against being secret disciples. Amen. Today, brothers and sisters, that'd be one thing that we, above all things, that we should be most ready to proclaim the truth of the gospel, the grace of God and what God has done, what he is doing and what he has yet promised to do. That our image might reflect his. You know, brothers and sisters, we won't do this anywhere close to perfection. It is a work in progress. But it's something that we should strive every day to be closer to him that our lives would demonstrate our belief in him and the goodness that he's shown to you and I and the love that he's planted in our heart, the desire to serve others that comes from him, that we might be able to proclaim the truth as it is, that we might stand firm in opposition, that brothers and sisters, that we're not secret disciples and we're not fair weather, that we don't be tossed to and fro with every, every word of doctrine that's out there, that we be firm and established. You know, there's times we'll end a day and we think back upon that day and we'll be ashamed of the image that we showed forth. Well, if he can be, be convicted, the Lord is so good to forgive us and to encourage us and to lift us up. You know, this day we have to serve God. He's not promised us tomorrow. You know, as men, we, we are so wont to go, say, well, I'm going to go to and fro and do such and such. Scriptures teach us about that, that we should always even make those expressions with the Lord will to do those things. 
you know, we'll, we'll fall short. But you know, one of the things about this that if we pray to the Lord to strengthen us, that we apply our lives in a way, if we, if we value the things of God above the things of men, that what you'll find over time, brothers and sisters, that you'll develop habits that are the good habits that honor and glorify God. You know, I'll tell you, we're all creatures of habit. We all have habits. I've yet to meet a person that didn't have habits. It's just a matter of were they good habits or are they bad habits. And the Bible teaches to redeem the time because the days are evil, to use the time wisely, to be circumspect in those things. But we'll never live perfectly in this life. We'll never portray the image to perfection in time. When we're made in the image of God, we fail and then we're made in the likeness and the image of Adam. With a new birth, we were given the power to become the sons of God in the sense that we desire the things of God, we'd follow after those, we'd portray the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the express image of God. There's going to be a day, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 49, Paul says, And as we have borne the image of the earthy, and we have borne the image of the earthy, we all brothers and sisters, that's one thing I can, I can, I can give you with great certainty, that in our lives as human beings, we have borne the image of the earthy. If we've been given the power to become the sons of God, then during our lives, we can portray some of the image that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Well, there's a time coming, brothers and sisters. For whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate. To what? To be conformed to the image of God. Can you of the Son? Be conformed to the image of his Son. What a, what a glorious thought that is, brothers and sisters. That one of these days, you're not going to have to worry about failing. You're not going to have to worry about sin. You're not going to have to worry about portraying an image that is less than ideal. There's going to be a day coming, brothers and sisters, that you're going to portray an image better than Adam and Eve. You know, they were made without sin, but they were made subject to sin. When the Lord comes back... And I don't know when that is. It'd be wonderful if it could be right now for you. You know, I think we're taught that we should have a desire to be with the Lord in that perfect state and that, that should be so strong that all, we would always say, come quickly, Lord. A lot of times people, you know, we, a lot of times we, we kind of have the attitude that when things are going really bad for us, that's when we want the Lord to come. Well, things are going pretty good. Well, Lord, won't you wait? I'm doing pretty good right now. You know, brothers and sisters, we ought to, we should show forth the desire that, Lord, come now. Because no matter how good I may think it is now, it doesn't compare to that. That's perfect. That's something beyond imagination. And I don't know when that's going to come, brothers and sisters. The Lord does. But until that day, let's follow after him. Let's let our lives be something that points and gives glory and honor to Jesus Christ. That in our lives, brothers and sisters, we show forth those things that someone might see
something in our lives that would give honor and glory to God. And something, brothers and sisters, if we dress like him, if we walk where he walks, if our speech is like his speech, if our love is like his love, if our faith is like his faith, then baby one of his little children who's just burdened down by their sins. One that has been taught that they must do something to secure an eternal home with the Lord. And they just cannot reconcile that with their daily lives. They see at the end of each day that they've fallen short. And they soon realize that there's no way that they could live a life that would be able to stand before God and say, I've earned my way here. And they just feel the hopeless sense of one with that conviction of sin. You know, brothers and sisters, if we've been given forth the right image, then those little children of God that are burdened down with their sins, they'll find a witness with us. And they'll find someone they could come and say, tell me about this one that you're following. Tell me about the Jesus that you worship. When I see in you that when things are crazy around the office, you seem to be calm. Or I've seen you in the classroom and someone offended you. Someone said something really, really wrong to you. And you took it with charity. You didn't strike back. I see that you talk about the meeting that you went to, not Sunday morning, but Friday. And Friday night. And Saturday. And Saturday night. And I'm just wondering what, the, what could there be in a service that would, would draw you to spend that kind of time. See, if they see those things, brothers and sisters, then maybe they'll come and say, could you tell me about your Lord? Oh, what a wonderful thing that is. You ever had anybody come and just ask you that? I know you have, Brother Tim. Isn't that wonderful? There's a young man I worked with, and he came one time. He said, have you ever read Ephesians 1 and 4? <laughs> I said, shut the door, Chris. <laughs> that was his name. Shut the door. We need to talk. Isn't that a glorious thing? Amen. There'll be a day, brothers and sisters, that we'll see him as he is, and we'll be like him. We will not be God. He will always be the creator. We'll always be the creation. Brothers and sisters, we'll be in a, we'll be in a place and in a condition better than the place and the condition that Adam and Eve were in because we will be in a state where we cannot sin. What a glorious day that will be. But to then pray that God would lead us and deliver us. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, being in, in his service this morning, tonight, anytime you can get it together, you know, those are the things that will give you instructions on the image that you need to bear. That's a testament of the things that you value, the things of God, the things that are Wonderful for us. We give praise and honor and glory to Him. God bless you is our prayer. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. 
That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.